We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the fourth day of October, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Pavel. Bruce, how are you today? It's good to see you. Healthy and alive. Just got my power situation solved. So now it's uh, weight off my shoulders. Glad to see that that actually worked out for you. When you uh, sent me a text in the beginning and you said that uh, the power was off and they were there trying to get the power back on, I said, just holler out there to Chad and toss him a beer and hit, you know, he'll get it back on in the meantime. And 10 minutes later, you were on. So I figured that's what you did. I thought you went down to the carry out and, uh, and got a six pack and, and dropped it off to the, uh, the workers outside. Uh, it would have taken about 10 minutes to go down to the carry out, let alone coming back, you know, but yeah. Wow. Either way. Either way. I, Pavel, funny. how are you? It's good to see you. How are you? Hi, guys. Hello, listeners. I'm, I'm always doing well. Hopefully, I'm still doing well, but hopefully, always I'll be well and everybody else. I keep, um, I ask in my prayers for everybody to be healthy and for God to give me the strength to uh, help people. Um, that's about all I have to say for the intro. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you. It's been a week since you've been on, and I, I mentioned last week that uh, we were going to talk about uh, some of the events of what was going on over in uh, uh, over in the Far East. And you being uh, familiar with the region, you having contacts in the region, I thought we could discuss that today. Uh, sure. Let's start with um, let's start with the the votes that have taken place in uh, in the four regions. The thoughts you talking to people on the ground is it is it actually it. I, I mean, I'm hearing both sides. Is it legitimate? Is it not legitimate? Some people are saying Elon Musk is out today, even weighing in on the situation, saying that tweeting on it, saying, uh, let me pull the tweet real quick so I get it right. He said the following. He says, if you want peace between Ukraine and Russia, he says, then the following needs to happen. And pick this apart if you need to. First, redo the elections of annexed regions under United Nations supervision, as if the United Nations is actually a you know a trusted uh, organization. Russia leaves if that is the will of the people. Number two, Crimea, formerly part of Russia, as it has been since 1783 until Nikita Khrushchev's mistake. No argument there. Third point, water supply to Crimea is assured. Fourth point, Ukraine remains neutral. Again, pick that apart if you need to. What, what do you think of that? Uh, and then we'll talk about the votes. Okay, so I like, first of all, it shouldn't be, I don't know if, if there is a committee that can be trusted in these times. The committee should be, not UN committee, it should be a bunch of really, really checked out Ukrainian citizens that are really from regular people. I think that should be the committee that, but either way, the point being is, yes, I, I kind of, I mean, I'm kind of boggled right now. My mind is boggled. Yes. So obviously the Crimea thing is right. The, the water supplies for the people is absolutely right. Yes, Russia needs to pull out of Ukraine and let people decide. The whole point of this was that exact same thing, as far as I understand, in 2014, why Russia went in there. They wanted people to have a free vote. Um, They were going to leave as soon as people decided. They were going to reestablish all the, um, you know, uh, social structures, water supplies, all that stuff and bounds. 
at least on paper is what I'm saying. And I don't think Putin wants Ukraine. He wants Ukraine maybe under his control. Maybe he wants Ukraine neutral. Maybe he wants neutral people or people on his power in there. But yeah, I don't think he, people keep saying, oh, yeah, um, Putin wants to rebuild um, Soviet Union. Who needs more land? He needs more people, not land. Um, and then the only other thing I can say is, I mean, he's right on everything. It's just two points. It's really hard to actually make sure the elections are right. Um, another point is, I think there should be reparations for the, for the trillion dollars to American people. I think there needs to be, if, if more money is going to go in Ukraine, they need to be really supervised and actually just build schools and housing. Give them money with this contract that they can be used only for two things. And that's had that sound. So only only supplies, only reasonable supplies for housing building and schools. Another thing, what do I, what's my, um, what is my opinion on the, the referendums? I think the answer is both. Here's why. One, are the results correct? Are results real? I don't believe they're real. I don't know exactly how far, how real they are. Just coming from the votes themselves. I just can't see a completely like actual, like non-corrupt election or any kind of voting in that region. But I, uh, but the other side is, I do believe that every single individual, unless they're out of their minds that are in Ukraine right now, would gladly run anywhere, including Russia. Because like I said, Ukraine used to be a place we, we run to. And then it's so bad that even as bad as it is in Russia right now, the Ukrainians are trying to run there. They're going everywhere. There are a lot of Ukrainians are going in Russia. A lot of Ukrainians say they're Russian and think they're Russian. So it's both. I, I think it's... I think it's probably more of a correct and yes most people probably just want to run to russia at least for now and figure it out later but other than that man the consensus what people actually want if they had a choice is to stay where they are and be given ability permission and supplies to build either defenses or get supplies or whatever people just don't care anymore about all the stuff that's going on ten thousand miles away they're starving everywhere. They're pissed off everywhere. And if they're not starving, like in America, no one's really starving. I mean, you know, someone's starving, I'm sure. Well, but but we're, we're, we have too much food. It's insane. We've got an obesity epidemic it, in the U.S. An epidemic, yeah. Uh, Lazy Boy, awesome, awesome rap song. Uh, underwear goes inside the pants, just saying. It's, it talks about obesity epidemic. Really old one. Anyhow, yeah, that's my opinion. Underwear goes inside the pants. It w- would it be wrong for me to assume that... Um not really assume, but one of the one of the reasons I could see, I guess I should say, Putin going into Ukraine and doing all that. If America wasn't involved in Ukraine, would would Putin have interfered with Ukraine at all? Oh, quote unquote interfered. But you, you know what I mean? Because uh, it, it feels like it's more of like a, because we're involved there creating departments affecting their elections like we're too close for comfort. Uh, we've been at each other's throats for years. I mean, at least our governments have uh, when it comes to like you, you had the Cold War. And so there's there's a little bit of angst between the two. And then you, when you listen to the rhetoric of the U.S., we're, we're constantly berating Russia nonstop. So on on Putin's side, I could totally see like, OK, you guys are right on my doorstep. Yeah, I want you out. You know, looking at it from that perspective, I can understand why he would have gone into Ukraine. Yeah, you know, on paper, they have agreements, blah, blah, you don't do this, you know, Ukraine doesn't join NATO, um, and they kept breaking, you know, the, the West America, I guess, kept breaking the rules, creeping up. Of course, it, of course, it's annoying, like, you, you keep poking the bear. I just think there's a, a simpler and a bigger picture to all this. It's two, it's a binary struggle between two powers, if you want to call it East and West, whatever. And it's definitely not people that are it's it's probably a hundred individuals in this entire world out of seven nine whatever nine billion 
probably a hundred individuals that are really pissed at each other on a very highest level. So that that's what every every single billion of people, besides you know a couple hundred people in the entire planet, maybe is underneath the actual conflict. I'm not really mad at anyone, to be honest. I think uh, just to clarify, I think on you know to kind of put a finer point on what Bruce was talking about, it's not people as in like us it's it's not the average person that's at each other's throats it's the politicians that are up there spewing that rhetoric back and forth on both sides i'm not saying either side is uh, is a good guy here on both sides it's coming out i don't like it i don't like it at all because that leads to war and that that's just what happens first of all it leads to sanctions and then sanctions lead to war that's the way it goes every time in history a politician i think is a person that realized in life that there's a loophole and you can uh be successful and and, and make money um just by talking you know if you learn how to talk well enough you can if you're just such a piece of crap that you're not afraid to look somebody in the eye and lie and, and be nice you you can make infinite money just with that skill. It's just it's a question of question of personal consciousness. I believe whether or not we can make money now. It's a capitalist system. Yeah, and, and you can you can make money that way. That's what a lot of them do. I mean, they they just stand up there and they rattle off about just a bunch of nonsense that they don't know anything about, and they get paid for it. It's unbelievable. Do you know Do you know any good politician? Like actually, well. Like actually completely 100% clear through decent people politicians. I don't. There were some exceptions. But what really bothers me is this world normal. It's like this. I, I heard somebody talk about all this crazy, crazy stuff that's going around in there. And, and what they're saying is basically like, yeah, man, that's just that's normal. Don't even watch that stuff. It's, it's always been happening. It's going on right now. dude. It's it's, you know, politicians group or people. It's been always going on. It's never going to stop. This is normal, man. Just relax. So that's the whole point. Like it's normal. Relax. It's not normal. It hasn't been normal in a long time, if ever. Normal is when you feel at peace, at least within reasonable protection. Border. You know what I mean? Like you're not supposed to be that stressed. This None of this is normal. The, the, the politics that are going on are not normal. How we eat is not normal. What we do for fun is not normal. How we think and talk is not normal. How we dress is not normal. The chemicals that go in our blood are not normal. The only thing that's normal is, like I said, when I'm when I'm pretty much just by myself doing what I want, which is, I don't know, I like to write, draw, think. But I lost this, I lost my cell phone. It's like the seventh cell phone I lost in, the, I don't know, past 10, 10 maybe less years. And I feel it was a shock for like first 20 minutes. I feel so much better now thinking I might just end up not having a cell phone at all. <laughs> to be honest, at this point. You know, uh, we're, <laughs> that's impressive. You lost that many phones in that minute, in that amount of time. Um, I'm I busy. Yeah, I, I can't say that I've ever lost any of my phones. But uh, anyway, um, it, it doesn't really matter. One of the big incidents that happened uh, since you've been on is uh, Nord Stream, the, uh, the pipeline, the gas pipeline that connects uh, Russia to Germany. And of course, that gets distributed into the rest of Europe. It met an untimely demise. <laughs> of course, they say it's back up and running um, now. I mean, that was record time. So in, in your opinion, again, we're, we're just speculating. That's all we can do, because this is the point in time in history where you've got double, triple and quadruple crosses. And history never has answers to these questions as to who did this. There are suspects in every single camp that you look at. So it could have been, and I'm just saying just to cover all of our bases here, it could have been corrupt elements in America. It could have been corrupt elements in the UK. It could have been corrupt elements in Germany. It could have been corrupt elements in China. It could have been corrupt elements in another EU country, not to be named. It could have been corrupt elements in Russia. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm covering all bases here. 
So I'm not pointing the finger at anybody because, again, these are questions that history just doesn't have answers for. I think I know. Let's say outside, if there's no like aliens outside of a human being, you know, influence on us, which is questionable or on Uh them. Uh I think I can tell you who corrupted them all or wherever. It doesn't matter. It is the inherent leftover, maybe even primal, unnecessary instinct that some people still possess which is the the instinct it's it's you know let's say a mother bear has two cubs right and um one of them gets killed or let's say the father bear is trying to eat the other cub the mom you know even if the cub's dead and the other one's alive she's gonna eat the, the the dead cub and and keep raising the living one because she you know that that's better that's that's food she'll she'll be better able to take care of the uh, other cub i'd probably bury my kid instead of eating them you know, but some people would eat their kids too, you know, even if it's not really necessary. And I'm talking metaphorically, but I think the the bottom reason is it's almost like there's a, there's a piece of our DNA. It's almost like, it's almost like a conscious entity within human society. It's it kind of like, it's almost like it travels and tries to uh, self-destruct us. I think maybe human beings have a built-in self-destruct mechanism, but I think we can identify the trait, identify the the patterns at this point because of um, tech and really get to the bottom of like, what makes a sociopath sociopath? You, you know, unless there's aliens or ancient civilizations, I don't understand to such a degree actions of my fellow species members that I literally don't think they're my species anymore. I just don't understand it. It's It's not like it's weird. It's not like it's evil. It's just, I am observing thinks that if this was a movie and the movie was about aliens taking over the world, I wouldn't like you could literally run news and I'd be like, that's a good movie. You know, I I, yeah. I think it's kind of interesting the way that you bring that up. And I, I, I look at totalitarian movements throughout modern history. You don't have to go way back, but I mean, you can, you can go way back, but it, just in modern history, even the modern ones are based on attitudes from the ancient past. What I mean by that is it gets to a point where it becomes ritualistic to them. And I'm talking about uh, like occultist type movements. Once you get into that, yeah, that that kind of thing. Exactly. When you start getting into these um, these movements like this, the, these occultist movements, that is some very dark, very disturbing stuff. Uh, I'm not too There's- well read into all of it, but I, I'm just just on this point. Right. Just just and please, you know, we can expound upon this. But if you look at what happened in Germany prior to the Second World War, the rise of the Nazi power in Germany was rooted in the occult. It was very dark, very evil stuff. It was the industrialists that were the money and the brains behind that operation that allowed that evil to come to power. And it was the same behind people in the Soviet Union, the industrialists. We're just going off totalitarianism here. All of these movements seem to be rooted in the occult. All of them. If you go back into the ancient past, it's the same way. They're all rooted in the occult and they start doing these these crazy things, these insane things. And it's just like any other sect or, or whatever you want to call them where they get together and the leadership just gets more crazy and more degenerative. And, and it just it eventually you end up with everybody drinking the Kool-Aid. Right. And, and everybody you know, in the in the Jim Jones compound or whatever you want. I'm talking about the Jonestown cult, that type of thing, or Heaven's Gate. It all it always ends up the same way. It eventually gets to a point where it manifests itself and it kills everybody. I think that universally in this existence, there are two ways to gain ground 
You either sacrifice yourself or you sacrifice others. Within that That's, system you're talking about? I'm talking about within any system, period, in, uh -huh. in life. In order to progress, whether it's, well, you know, religion talks about self-sacrifice, but I'm saying, you know, if we were a part of, say, galactic civilization or or just our planet or just this, this building, I think that on the bottomless level, you make a decision. Most people in the gray area, they do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but more of a gain in general, more energy spend, more energy you contribute to the entropy of this existence from yourself, the better your existence will be dictated. So I think on the bottomless level, it's self-sacrifice versus sacrifice of others. So when we're talking about a cult, when we're talking about wars, do you know how Christianity took over um, the globe finally? The last, how, because because they used, you know, Christianity was spread through missionaries and there used to be an expression, you know, outside of Christianity, like the old world and the Jesus, the, 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 the whatever, the enlightened world, you know what I'm talking about? So anyhow, none of that could have globally taken over. Christianity could not take over the world until the kings or the rulers of last, last living Christian empires, the Ottoman Empire, the, you know, the, the German Empire, the Russian Empire, um, that all the Christian leaders got together and had a nice world war. After that, world became Christian. I mean, it's a coincidence, right? Yeah, I mean, if Sacrifice. you look at, if you, if you look at, so the, the Christian leadership, at, at least, you know, the, the hierarchy is, is, there's a lot of corruption and wrongdoing in the leadership, just like governments, because, you know, they, 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 many of them were functioning as a government, if you were, if you will. Um, they did do a lot of sacrifice, but it wasn't it, as you said, you know, it's, it's one way or the other, either you're sacrificing yourself or you're sacrificing others. Uh, in this case, they were sacrificing others. They were, they were trying to better themselves at the expense of others. And, and this is the leadership I'm referring to the, the average Christian, uh, back then they weren't educated enough to, uh, read. So they weren't able to read for themselves. And it was the leadership, the Pope, you know, the, all that. And there was a lot of, um, God, there was a lot of fighting over, um, of course, back then it was, uh, there, there was fighting between I'm for the Pope and I'm for the King. And it was in fighting and all that, but it's still kind of the same way though. When you look at it, the average person, when you look at, uh, here, what well, at least here in the U S right. So as an American, um, I don't know how other countries really, uh, handle the, the the sacrifice when it comes to populations but the average person when you interact with them they're willing to do a lot of self-sacrifice to help others that that's kind of like the heart of what america is you know you, you know what i mean like as an example we we just seen the uh the hurricane down there in florida there's a lot of people that will sacrifice whether it's their time or their money to go down there and uh or just send supplies down there to help with the effort you know so it's that that's kind of i i feel like that's the basic human thing to do like that i i feel like that's kind of what everybody does it's not just an american thing this is just the average person thing and then when you start getting into the governments higher up in corporations and all of that that dies off it's no longer they're sacrificing themselves uh, to, to help others. It's now they're sacrificing others to climb the corporate ladder or to climb the political ladder. They took the good sacrifice men and women do every day for their families, sacrificing themselves. And he turned that into, um, a bigger sacrifice, which is actually they're making. So you're like stuck in this, in, in a second loop. You know what I mean? You exist in one loop where you sacrifice yourself to produce something good for yourself, for your family. But that loop is already enclosed in a bigger loop. So everything good that comes out of that is actually 
a part of a sacrifice that you are not uh, aware of because you're doing it to yourself, yourself. They're sacrificing everyone. Make the biggest one ever. World War II wasn't big enough, I guess. Whatever they're trying to do, I mean, that's I mean, a cult. Geez. A cult. I'm speaking. I'm speaking a cult. I think they just literally yeah, yeah. figured out how to make a sacrifice way bigger than World War II. Yeah, I, I agree. But like looking at World War II and how much sacrifice was involved there, when you look at you know what happened to uh, Russia and how much they lost, when you look at Germany, America, when you look at all the all the people involved, um, the the planet. Yeah, we have seven billion people, and we're the most populated that in human history that but if we would have not lost all those people we did in world war ii and world war one this actually, planet would be like we'd be like 14 billion or something like that we'd be way bigger just just on that I point th- i'm sorry to interject but just on that point just to give you an idea we lost upwards of like the the amount of of human loss of life in the first world war that's not even comprehensible even by today's standards like that's that's just un believable. And quite frankly, I don't think we've ever recovered from that loss here in the West in general. We're talking upwards of 11 million dead. And for what? For what? Really? And then the Second World War, the Europeans and the Russians lost a whole hell of a lot more than we did. The Russians, I think you guys lost like 20 million in the Second World War. It was terrible. And the Germans- Between 20 and 30, yeah. Yeah. The Germans took losses in the tens of millions. The French took losses in the tens of millions. But you know what? The Americans- all things considered, all things considered, we actually didn't lose that many. We only lost about a quarter of a million, about 250,000. All things considered, I'm not saying that that's acceptable, but for a world war and these other countries losing tens of millions, that's not a lot. I think what's really unacceptable is how small of a percentage of people that is versus entire global population to the people that are orchestrating all this. I think that 100 million was too much of a percentage, too small of a percentage overly, overall. I mean, what's that like, I don't know, 5, 10, 2, I don't know, 5%. What if they want to sacrifice 80%? That's not millions, is it? That's like 5 billion. I don't know just how big the plans are. I mean, I see it. I just don't know when it's going to, what the goal is. How do we not know that sacrificing doesn't give you superpowers? I mean, it's it's ridiculously dumb, and I don't mean it literally, but who knows? Why would why would people keep doing it forever? Bruce, did you find some statistics there you want to share? Yeah, that's what I was looking at. Uh, we lost a good... I, I was looking at the U.S. population during the time. Um, in about 1910, we were at 92 million, roughly, in 1910. And then we lost anywhere from 9 to 11 million military personnel. So... Whew, uh, in there's is that out just ours? Yeah, we lost about eleven million. Uh, I remember reading that. We we lost about. But 11 there, this is also saying that there was the civilian death toll was about six to thirteen million, and I'm assuming they mean European, yeah, like over there, yeah, uh, not our civilian because it, it's no, listing it, it U.S. and then right after no. that it's talking about civilian. Anyway, um, you're you're, you're talking ten percent of our population, twelve percent, you know. Well, yeah, but a lot of that was a lot of that was down to just like a, a bunch of um, a bunch of holdovers from the old way. The nature of warfare changed. The tactics did not. It's the same thing that we're dealing with now. The nature of warfare has changed, but the tactics have not. So we're dealing with um, it, well, and it was the same thing with the second again the Second World War. You had a bunch of World War One holdovers that didn't know how to deal with the mechanized machine that the Germans had built. 
And so no one could believe that it was going to happen. And yeah, anyway. But on that point, Pavel, let's let's kind of switch gears here. Let's let's get it. Well, not really, and because we've kind of already switched gears. But uh, let's get into this mobilization that's taking place in Russia by by Putin. And it's funny you mentioned last week that you wanted to talk about what's going on with um, uh, with parts of Chechnya and things like that. And I found it interesting because a couple of days ago I was hearing from very reliable sources that Putin's having some trouble with some of the Chechen military brass, if you will. Uh, they're they're not going along with the program. So it, it's almost again you had the insight, you called it that there's going to be problems. Very simple explanation. So kind of let's say segue from what we were talking about to this new topic. So the segue is this: the most dangerous thing, period, and the only way to conquer whatever we're fighting is to have men and women that are opposite to the kind of person they want you to be. I think Chechens are the most opposite people in the world, or toughest, I would say, from what I've seen. I mean, there's examples everywhere, but overall, the Chechen culture, I think they're the opposite of um, the kind of person the, the evil people would want to see. And and military-wise now, so we, you know, we switched. Military-wise, Chechen fighters are renowned to be used as a scare tactic. You know, Vikings, there were very few of them, but they, they did a lot of things. Since, you know, a battle is a is a number game. And I mentioned before, you can have one warrior out of 109 guys that are actually helping them and everybody else is slowing everything down. Imagine if there's 10 warriors and 20 guys that are helping them and everybody else. So what I'm saying is, Putin has a possession and the Chechenians know. When Russians couldn't beat them twice. So that's why Putin dumped I mean, not Ukraine money, cheap, like, I don't know, a couple of billion probably into Chechnya, which has the biggest mosque in the world for like past 10 years. It's Grozny, which the first evil thing or that I saw in the world is is what happened to Russians, you know, getting killed in, in, in Grozny. There was nothing left of that city after World War, I mean, after the second Chechen war, I'm sorry. And now it's like one of the richest, I think, Muslim capitals or, you know, yeah, capitals, I guess, in the world. Now, I guess the price is going up. It's got to pay up. Chechnyans, they know that no one's going to go there. If the, the rest of the world goes to hell, I don't know who wants to go to Chechnya because you can't beat them. They'll die, every single one of them, before they surrender. So how do you beat that? They'd rather die. They live to die in combat. You can't beat that. There's they, If your goal is to die, the worst thing you can do is keep you alive. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And it's not just there that he's having issues. He's having issues with his own uh, military recruiters. Uh, I showed you this video earlier in prep. This is a recruiting station. This is in, um, boy, I'm probably going to botch this. I, I do I do apologize. Uh, this is in Irkutsk uh, Oblast. Sorry. It's in inner Serbia. A uh, gunman walks up to a Russian military commissar inside a military office located in the city. And as you can see here, like here's the here's the gunman right here. Uh, and then here's the, the military recruiter. And he says to everybody, go home. And he shoots the guy dead right there on the spot. And everybody runs out of the recruiting station. That that was in Irkutsk, you said, right? Uh, that's what it says. Yeah. You know, I just had a, a completely dumb, dumb moment. I have like family there that I haven't actually even talked. I We keep talking about, I forgot that I have like friends there you know, or family. I should, I sh yeah, it's a weird because you see how even I got so distant from all this that I totally forgot that, you know, I should be speaking to these people. It's, it's horrible. They, they're shooting the recruiters, but it's not because they, the recruiters are getting shot. They're people as well. What's making people kill other people? Because the recruiters aren't, you know, KGB. I, no, I they're just they're doing their jobs. No, that's what I'm saying. But why are they? Well, this is because they're getting killed because they sold out. They sold out. What they should be doing is recruiting for local militia units. They should be recruiting for local protection. 
they're getting shot because they're recruiting guys. What's tiny amount that's left, still someone capable of fighting. They're recruiting those guys to go away. No, 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 no. People want supplies, help, and encouragement to better their lives and barricade their homesteads wherever they live. That's it then. So, okay, so that that corresponds with uh, what I've heard before is when the conscription was redone under the under the new government in in Russia, it was designed to be a, a, a militia fighting force for defensive purposes. It was never meant to be for offensive purposes. Everything switched. And so that's the why tradition. You're... Yeah, we're going back to the Russians wanted to go back, not to czars, but to the old way. We call it, you know, the pagan days. That's what we call them. When, you, you know, Russia formed when Vikings came down and said, hey, this is your capital. All you got to do is pay for it. Do whatever the hell you want. If shit happens, come here. We'll protect you. Awesome. I'll work for you my whole life because I know there's guys over there who want to do this kind of shit to me and my family. So, yeah, you want to spend your whole life, you know, doing nothing but building walls and, and sure, I'll work for you. It's a good deal. I don't have to do anything else. Great. That's the system they're trying to get back to. You want to be lazy, rich, and and well, I'll work for you. You know what I mean? I'll give you. I'll I'll give you taxes if if you guarantee certain things. There's no more guarantee. They try to create a hybrid of all the shitty things that are there in every system. There's no perfect system. Every every system has faults. So let's put them all together and call it a new system. <laughs> the devil lives in the church sometimes too, man. That's 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 all I'm saying. It's too. You know. They, they tortured to death over, which is, um, oh, Jesus, my birds, um, which I, I'm talking about Catholic, Roman Catholic Church, 100,000 people since 17 something. So in the existence of America, 100,000 people were tortured to death um, because they were witches. That, that actually didn't stop till, oh, I don't want to lie, but you'd well, be surprised actually, so recently. Yeah, yeah. We actually had that in the, in the U.S. as well. It was called the Salem Witch Trials. Uh, we, we actually went through that. I mean, people were burned at the stake yeah. through just hearsay. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I love the uh, day. Uh, I've been there once for Halloween in Salem, Mass. Awesome. So uh, we're talking about the uh, the recruiter being shot. Yeah. There was a video I had seen. I was trying to find it. And I'm, I'm not finding it. But there's a video of the broadcasters there, which we've we've looked at the, the, the it's like national broadcasters there on the, on their news um, a talk show or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but it's uh, there, there's a, a woman and two guys on the on the on the show. And the woman's kind of like, you know, she's taking more of a like, you know, I'd rather not shoot people and that kind of stuff, you know, kind of that approach. And the other two broadcasters are like, no, go in and just shoot the recruiter. They should be sending out the recruiter out there to go and fight. Not these, you know, not not forcing these people to be uh, on the front line and fighting for them. You know, it, it should be the recruiter. And then the other one was like. Uh, he, he pipes in and says, well, yeah, but they can't. And he's like, yeah, because they're overweight they're fat. They, they can't go out and fight themselves. And, you know, anyway, it was kind of, kind of on those lines. Uh, basically my point is, is even, even the mainstream there, the, the media is saying, go out and shoot the recruiters. This isn't okay. We, we shouldn't be doing this. And, and, you know, after everything Russia has been through to still have media, this, this is actually something that I'm still kind of uh not still but uh, i'm kind of jealous of to have a news media that that has the stones to stand up and say what the what the people are feeling uh, you know at the same time like we don't have mainstream media that'll do that here no uh, so no. Uh, you know, russia it yeah it, it's a land of extreme extremes you know what i mean so in america where everything is kind of lukewarm in russia you get either sped out or you get swallowed you know what i mean nobody stays in the mouth so that's why same thing with so with media. Ninety percent start doing political ads. The other ten, you know, probably exist for a short time, but they but they uh, 
um, certainly spot everything out of their mouths. So, yeah, it's very interesting how American news were the same way that the origin in the 60s, the 50s, right? Well, right after World War II, everything started. World War II is my guess is was, you know, engineer too. That's what I think. I, I think Hitler and Stalin, they were best friends. They just said goodbye, went away, probably had private meetings. The fact that they were you know, fighting a, a mile outside of Moscow. I mean, who cares? It's just, it's a theater. Theater with a bunch, bunch of sacrifice. I hate politicians on, you know, not politicians, I should say dictators. People are making a choice. The biggest threat to anyone who wants to gain power outside of physical, just taking it by physical force, they want to keep people guessing. They want people to not make a choice, whichever way it is. They don't want people to make permanent life-altering choices. They want to keep them in as tiny, as small as, as possible of a choice loop. If if you get it, that's why I love tattoos. They may, they remind me every day that I made a choice for the rest of my life. And a lot of choices that I don't think about in my life also are. I think humanity, if, if humanity was one being, I feel like humanity would feel like I do. I either want to get the answer or pretty much as I try. Because I, I cannot, I realize that there's no place for me in this world. It's just not. So what choice do I have? I feel in pr like I'm in prison 24-7, even if I'm not in prison. I can't take it. I wish that were the case, uh, but I, I run into so many people that I'm like, uh, they, don't seem, they don't seem too interested in finding the truth. And that the thing is, is I don't care what the truth is. They're like, I don't, I just want to know the truth. I want to clarify. I want to know which direction I need to be going. You know, I need, that is a, a, a very clarifying to have the truth, whether it's good or bad. And it, it seems like people just don't want to hear that. They, they're not even taking the time to, to search for it. That's what's frustrating about this. Uh, you know, when we, we, we look at uh, the stuff that was going on with COVID or the stuff that's going on with Russia or take your pick on what, you know, the climate change, any of these things, it, it unfortunately, people don't seem to be interested in trying to find the truth in those things. Do you know why they don't want to know the truth? I'll tell you why they don't want to know the truth, because it disrupts their comfort. They're in their little comfort bubble. And they don't want to hear anything outside of that. On a daily basis, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I, I don't know where people's minds are. I can look at other people and I can see whether or not they're paying attention to stuff, as in like their surroundings or or what's going on. And I'm not talking about, you know, their, their mindset, whether or not they're focused on their job. I'm not talking about that. But when people are focused on real things, and I mean real things, real world things, as in like decisions that are being taken that are going to affect your life and your family's life and everybody around you's life. You can tell when someone has a different mindset because they are tuned in and they have that look about themselves. We were talking uh, last week with uh, with Wes and we were talking about Alan Watt and he says that we played the clip of him when he went into school on his first day and the teacher says, OK, we're all going to sit around. We're going to clap. And he says, uh, sorry, I'm in the wrong place. This isn't for me. And he yeah, I listened and I loved college. I loved college because I figured out a ratio on how many times you can drop out and, and get back in and specifically the class you have to take. So I figured it my interest. So, you know, like anatomy, physiology, um, astronomy, whatever. And then I would fail everything else. Like, you know, I took music six times. I think it's widely known. Music 101 is the easiest class in college. Failed that five times. Um, so I went I went to college like seven times, I think, in my life. And I mean, I still haven't paid for it. 
I love my education. I th- I consider myself actually, to be honest, and this is arrogant. I know that I consider myself educated, maybe not even highly educated, but I am educated. And you know, I, cause I didn't give a shit about the system. I literally used it my whole life and the system got me back for a while, but I'm still here breathing. So people that are homeless are happier. I think that people that are have homes. American dream, Google, you guys, should, everybody should find out who came up with the expression American dream. Why? You know, the, the origin of the, of the Amer- American dream. Um, long story short, bank, basically a bunch of bankers and politicians figured out that they can make infinite amount of money on um, selling homes or mortgaging homes and keep people in debt forever. So American dream uh, was born. American dream, 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 you're asleep, sleep, so you're a dream, sleep, 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 sleep. I see all the time. So, you know, I do a lot of art projects. I do a lot of things that are I consider absolutely normal, like really closely examining bark, getting a little pieces, taking photographs of bark really up close. I think bark is, is a fascinating thing. I see a lot of moms grabbing their kids and, and I'm dressed nicely, I hope, you know, grabbing their kids and being like, stay away from this guy. I notice things that other people don't. Every There's art everywhere in, in, in cities, everywhere. And I stop by and I look at it and um, I get a lot of looks. And like we were talking in prep, I've been swatted. I think three times in my life I've been swatted. At the end, it's always a judge laughing and be like, is this a joke? And then and I'm outside again. I seems like I'm uh, reversing that too. So I'm doing well. Everything is going to be always good. If you try to honestly just help people and not be a jerk. I think at the end you'll win. You know, it's it's funny. You mentioned um, uh, how they enslave people and how they how they get people under their uh, their wing, if you will, under their uh, their control and their subservience. Uh, mortgages, right? Because we're about to have another mortgage crisis, and real soon, if you haven't been paying attention. But it's it's funny. You know, we we talk about the word mortgage, right? Mortgage. Do you know where we get the word mortgage from? This is a, this is an actual truth. It's actually Latin. We get it from the Latin term uh, mortifico, and that is to destroy or to mortify. So we get mortgage from uh, from that uh, that term. But no, it, and that's what they do. And, and this is how, like, this is another thing. This I, this whole issue that we're about to have with a uh, with a market crisis that nobody seems to want to pay attention to, right? The Dow's up today. Everything's great. Oh, we got a big rally on Wall Street. Just wait. Just wait. That's all I'm saying. Just wait. But this is what they do. This is going to be, this next crisis, this market crisis, this is not something that is um, planned shall we say? I mean, it coincides with just where we are now, but you can't really equate this to all being done on purpose. This is just the time that this happens. The on purpose acts come in with the destroying of our supply chains. That has been done deliberately. The energy crisis, that has been done deliberately. This issue with the market, the housing crisis and and the currency crises, this is a consequence of overextending credit. You cannot do this forever and think it's okay. In 2008, when we bailed out the world banking system in America to the tune of $140 trillion that they didn't bother to tell anybody about, when they did that, we somehow or another continued to paper over and paper over and print and print and print and print and issue extended lines of credit thinking that this was all somehow normal. This is not normal. This does not go on forever. This party's over. Now, they can take steps to kick this can one last time, but I don't think that the public trust is going to allow it. I could be mistaken, but we'll see. 
It depends on how bad you want that retirement, which by the way is already gone. But they're going to threaten your retirements. That's what they're going to do. They're going to hold you hostage with your 401ks. They're going to say, well, everybody's going to lose their retirements if we don't do this. And you're going to lose it anyway. It doesn't matter. So to summarize, I don't see a way to fix the problem that they have created with the over-issuance of credit. Basically, this is how it works. There was a great monologue that Neil Oliver did on it this week. We'll be playing it this week. But he said, basically, it works like this, just for the sake of argument. I want to buy a house. This is how they've done this. I want to buy a house. I don't have any credit, or I have bad credit or bankruptcy. You walk into a bank. A bank says, how much do you need? $200,000. Okay, we'll give you $200,000 that they don't have. They don't have $200,000 that they can lend out. They just call the Fed at the end of the day and say, well, we lent out this much and uh, we're going to need this much. And they just digitize it and it's there the next morning. They don't have that amount of money. Oh, and when you take out that $200,000, we're going to have to charge you $150,000 on top of it in interest. Excuse me? Excuse me. If you or I or anybody else that we know were to ever pull off something like that, we would be in jail faster than your heads could spin. You'd be locked away and the key would be thrown to the bottom of the Pacific and you'd never be heard from again. We've got a serious problem with our banking system. And that has got to be reclaimed by we the people in the coming days after this financial disaster is over with. No, no, they're too big to fail. That's see Right. You're, you're, you're misunderstanding here. You see, there's so many people that are affected by this so we, we have to do something to help to to keep those people's pensions from collapsing. So, you know, the, the extreme measures have to be taken. Right. Uh, what was it? Bush said that we have to destroy the free market to save the free market or, yeah. or you know, basically <laughs> yeah. um, that that's essentially what's going on here. I thought a lot about the bottom line of which organizations um, what what is the broadest term that can be actually used for what I, in my opinion, is the entity that is is causing is using all this is is, in, is actually in charge if it's human i think it's the banker class the older banker class i honestly think it's it's it well it, it makes sense i mean they physically do we all know that bankers control money right that's what they're there for money controls us right you do everything for money right so bankers literally control you you know that everybody knows that so we all know that, that it's not even the politicians because politicians get the money out of the bank so it's the bankers that control everything and it's out there and we all know it. So who do you think is doing all of this? Every action requires money. Who has all the money that they lend out to be used for things? So how do we not realize that it's the bankers that are doing all this? In my opinion, this is just me speculating. I just, that's what I think. They're, everybody's, well, you know, there's pawns, but. Yeah, if, forever, if you whoever, go back. Yeah, yeah. If you go back to Henry Ford, the Ford car guy, right? If you go back to him, he even said the guy when he was revolutionizing the Ford automotive uh, across the United States, he was saying at the time, if the American people or the people of the world, for that matter, if they ever wake up and figure out what's being done to them through the use of private banking institutions, there will be a revolution tomorrow morning. And I would not want to be a central banker. No, not at all. Um, and by the way, the, the crash of 1907, just to just to put that a finer point on that, the crash of 1907, we were hanging bankers. No word of a lie. We were hanging bankers from lampposts in New York one hour, one hour after the financial crash of 1907 in New York. I just want to say that people should stay calm during the next few days, um, especially next few weeks. Remember that if you do anything that's illegally, they have power over you. Remember, if you do anything that your conscience will tell later 
eat you for um, power over you. If you stay and concentrate on creating a cycle of self-sacrifice that the result of benefits you, boom. If you can restructure your brain to produce, we are the most wonderful beings imaginable. We can literally produce happiness out of things in the outside physical world. We just have to pick it. Is it food? Is it video games? We have a choice to make ourselves be happy with a object. If, if a kid has five toys and doesn't like any of them, you, you leave him in the room. At the end of the day, he's playing with all five and he's going to love them. We are able to teach ourselves how to love anything. We are able to have dopamine response to things that weren't there before. So why not create something that you have a positive reaction to, positive dopamine cycle, which is also self-sacrificing? And stick to that. You know what is uh, health, brushing my teeth, um, I don't know, push-ups, I don't know, building a house, having kids, going through pain, having a knife, building a fire, letting new kids. The hardest thing anyone can do is let the kids out of the house. I know that. But why are we, why are we sacrificing ourselves and everybody else for what? Yeah, I mean, we're clearly not happy. We, huh, wait till this is the, this is, I, I'm honestly, I'm a religious person. I, I was baptized, you know, the, the second day I was born or whatever. And I come, the area of Moscow that I come from is a little, it's a little special area. A lot of the older buildings were still there. A lot of old churches. And I've been to some old, old churches, man. I've been to a lot of temples and churches in life. Some of them you walk in, something's there. You know, it's there and you know, it's white. It's positive. I have met one person in my life who I think did the most he could for the good I want true warrior and my, my website, americanstoicism.com is going to start with help of that gentleman. I, I tracked him down. I really, really pray that he will agree. He already has. I've shaken, I've shaken his hand. But I, like I said, if there's one individual in my life who I exemplify myself after as much as I could would be this guy. We need to bring back a meaning of life for those without meaning of life endlessly search. Everybody has a different meaning of life. But we being the same species share a concept of finding that meaning. Meaning of life is a death wish. Meaning of life means you have a thing you want to do with your life. And if the thing that you want to do with your life is self-sacrificial, boom, you're out of the loophole. Toughen up. Um, I don't know where you want to go with this. It, it, it seems like, I, I don't know if I'm drifting, I, if I keep drifting, no. drifting into spiritual, but it just seems like it's all so connected. Like... I, I almost feel like we're forced to think it's about money. We're forced to think it's about land. When in reality, it's about your soul, whatever that is. I just started a YouTube channel, Snake Bites Tail. I have a website also, snakebitestail.com. Snake Bites Tail explores duality of human nature with actual visual examples from all kinds of studies, including myself. I, I turn myself to uh, a mind test, test subject. This exploration of finding true self happiness, being able to sit in a room with nothing for hours and yet, Remember about that as actually not a bad time. That's where the power lies. The power lies in self dopamine feeding, self happiness. If you know how to make yourself happy, if you know how to entertain yourself, if you know how to survive, especially that's, that's one-on-one that's basic. That goes without saying you, that's it. You're out of the loop. What, what, what the hell you need them for? And guess what? What's even better? They don't need you. They got plenty of other dudes. That's until they start until there's too many of you and, and you know, they start taking action. So for now, loop out. This is our big chance to loop out. And I'm not saying do anything bad, do good things for yourself. Instead of doing things in general, start doing only good things for yourself and your people. That's it. They're not going to need you. I, I have to push back a little bit and say you can teach yourself to love anything except for canned spinach. 
I've, oh I've, Jesus! I've, yeah, yeah, it's no. not very good. Um, I like spinach, I have, but not canned spinach. I love, I, yeah. I love canned spinach to be honest. I really do, but I hate peanut butter. And there's oh, so I many other things butter. I hate. I, I love peanut butter. Oh, exactly. See, I can't. But I really do. I eat spinach out of a can. It's not bad. But salt. You know, you, you mentioned there that uh, the, the the happiness doesn't lie in in the money. It, it lies yeah. in yourself. You know, I I think. I think when I when I look at how things have become, we, we've not made the world easier. We've made it more complicated. It's not this complicated. Life is not this complicated. It does not have to be this complex. And we've made it so complex that like we've we've gotten away from the basics, the essentials of life. Look at Bill Gates. Okay, just just as an example, look at Bill Gates. Then look at the three of us. And I'm not saying we're anybody special. I'm not saying that. But we We're have, normal. Huh. Yeah. We have figured it out. He yeah. has not. He is not. He's gone insane because he doesn't yes. have a moral compass. He doesn't right, be, have they, spiritual direction. Bingo, you nailed it. These they're old now and they spend their whole lives looking for the meaning. They never found it, so that's it. They think there's not. So be evil. They mean they're life looking is, now. There's, there's no meaning. Yeah. They're looking there now is. to re-engineer humanity in their image and play God as opposed to believing in God. Which is the devil, I think. Play uh, God, believe yeah, you know, having people no, believe no, in no, you. Well, that house theologian, is that an accurate assessment? Yeah, here we go. Kinda. Uh-huh. Say it again. Sorry, I had a message. And can can uh, the can somebody. these can the bad people as a group represent the devil with, with the things that they're, they're trying to do? I mean, you don't even have to have a group of people to do that. One individual can do that technically. So the thing is, people that don't have a moral compass that are that are doing things. You mentioned Bill Gates. I heard that. Um, and some of the other names that we see up there. You look at the things they're doing. If 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 the goal is to only enrich themselves, as an example, they'll do the devil's bidding without even realizing they're doing the devil's bidding. And it's not even necessarily like. We've made this argument before, like, for example, uh, capitalism. Uh, we, we talk about like if you if you live in a capitalist society, you can have someone that is immensely corrupt. All they care about is money. They're just greedy. And under a true free market capitalist system, that individual has to make a product that benefits someone else. That's the only way for him to fulfill the greed that he wants or, you know, the, the money he wants because of greed. So inherently, he has to do something good, right? It, it, it pushes people to that direction. Under this uh, oligarchian, authoritarian autocracy that we have, kind of, you know, the mix that we have, they no longer care about whether you want a product or not. It no longer matters. You, they know they have you. You're hooked. You have to use the different products. For example, um, you you want um, easily accessible new television or a new easily accessible whatever product it is that you want. You're going to buy it through Amazon or you're going to go to one of the, the major corporations that are in on this. And what, what I mean by in on this, they're in with the government. They're doing the greedy ESGs. thing. ESGs. Yeah. So when you get into that world and you start going down that road, it, it, it's about, you know, we're overpopulated. The first, I think the first real big, real that matters mistake any person that goes down that path makes in their life whenever, however young they are, is that if you don't realize that life is nothing but a race for personal happiness and you have to spend a long time figuring out what your personal happiness is. If you don't realize that and base your life on that, everybody else is is, is based on capitalism. Yes, I should say. Uh, it, it, based on the opposite of what I think life really is. 
life is, whatever you're doing in you. And if you're a sociopath and you truly, your destiny in life is to kill and murder, they, those are the dudes that made the best Vikings, I guess, you know, best warriors. There's always a place for everybody in the society. There's, there's, there's mental disease, mental illness. I understand that. I'm talking in general. So point being is we should promote personal happiness within reasonable limits. And so, like I said, in Soviet Union, work was happiness. That's what they just tell everybody. So, you, if, and if you didn't work, you, you, there's a note that's a little blank thing and it has three lines on it and it says, you know, uh, date of first warning, date of second warning, date, date of execution. Um, it's just if you didn't want to work. If you were us and you knew how to survive just fine without being a part of them, they literally shot you. That's the difference that America doesn't have right now. You see, people don't realize that I'm happy because I can get away with all the shenanigans in life. I literally pull in order to survive and be happy. Soviet Union, that was illegal. In America, it's an outcasty thing they need to do. You know what I mean? I'm an outcast in America. I would have been dead in Soviet Russia. That is the line. If you want to put a finger on the line, that's the bottom line of the difference. And we're not trying to get there. We're not trying to be, it's fine if they don't like me. It's fine if they throw me out. But man, if they shoot you for trying to be yourself, that's that's the end. That's checkmate. Yep. I'm going to reference something that was said earlier about... Um there's there's two types, right? You're you're either um, sacrificing others or you're sacrificing yourself. We're talking about happiness and self self fulfilling and all of that. The only way for you to be happy and self fulfilled is to sacrifice yourself to help others. That that's the only way you reach self self fulfillment, happiness. Uh, true. I, I mean actual happiness that is not fleeting. That doesn't just like you know. Oh, I got a new television. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're, you're happy for a moment that, that that's very fleeting. But when you're actually helping people and, uh, you know, you, you helped an individual and now they're succeeding, you are far more fulfilled knowing that you had a, you had a hand in, in helping that individual succeed. Yeah. And I, you know, I know a little something about helping individuals to, you know, succeed. So they have a hand. I am known to ruin my life because I, I make, you know, impulsive, stupid choices, stupid choices, but. A lot of the time at the bottom of that is I'm really just trying to help somebody out, man. What was going to kill me what was going to be the death of me, what it eventually was. You, you know, I struggle with a lot of things in life. It was not understanding is why I keep trying to be good and, and still everybody thinks I'm, I'm a bad person. I've done nothing but, you know, good for everyone. And when I realized that anyone, almost anyone, 99.% of the people, when you do something good for them, they will use you again instead of trying to do something good back to you. We need to flip that. That is the normalcy shame is normalcy. Feeling like you did something wrong is good. It literally forces you physically want to go back and say, sorry, do it. Do you know why? You know, you've seen you guys, everybody have seen movies from all days. All, all the guys used to wear big hats, like all the musketeers. Everybody had a hat. Do you know why men wore those hats? So they could take it off in front of a woman. Where did that go? They sacrifice their comfort even on a hot day. Well, you know, like women do in, in let's say in Afghanistan, they're, if they're doing it at their free will, they're sacrificing, they're wearing this heart. You know, it's like, why wear a burqa? It sucks. Well, you know what I'm doing because my husband in their culture respects me for sacrifice for being hot on a hot day, just so no other man can look at my face but him. You know, I don't agree with that, but I see the reason. You know where I don't see the reason in any of this other stuff. The only reason for any of this is they want to make us be confused. Which is, you know, it's a reason in itself, but that's a loop. <laughs> Closing up here, um, do you want to uh, mention your projects that you're uh, you're working on, the things you've got going on right now? Uh, I always give you a chance here at the end to uh, 
to plug your uh, your websites and your uh, YouTube channels, your socials and, and things like that. So anything you'd like to impart to the listener. And you guys are amazing. I appreciate it. Uh, once again, on Facebook, I'm under name Flint Russo. I don't believe I have published it yet, but I already have. I'm probably going to publish it tonight. The AmericanStoicism.com website, which will begin, if I hope, with an intimate interview from one of the hundred special warriors um, United States Army had in Vietnam, you know, maybe less than a hundred. And he's here. And, and he's the gentleman that ended up being a father figure in my life, even though, you know, I, it's not like I lived with him. But the start is there. I'm trying to do something else. I still promote and, and develop support donaldtrump.com. I'm afraid of Biden's. I don't know who else to support. So I'm making a choice once again. If the choice changes, don't get me wrong. I'll sell the site. It's about making a choice. So, um, oh yeah. So another thing is I started very, very first beta version of the um, sort of training video um, channel, which is Snake Bites Tail. And the website to go along with personal development is snakebitestail.com. Those are the main projects I'm working on and, and they're in development, but keep an eye out. <clears throat> Thank you. Very good. And I encourage people to uh, to visit those sites and follow your work uh, and get in contact with you uh, if they have uh, questions or are interested in supporting your work. We're going to uh, go ahead and call this one done. Uh, Pavel, I want to thank you for being here this evening. It's a pleasure as always, and we'll see you next week. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. If you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own, we would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure as always. Always, I want to thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.